0: Face the Music, a pre ELO Song by Song podcast, is sponsored by fine people like Morton S. Erickson.
1: This is Face the Music, a pre ELO Song by Song podcast. Episode 068 Skeleton and the Roundabout The Idol Race. What's that song all about?
0: Skeleton and the Roundabout was released as a single in March 1968 and is the first track on the first Idol Race album, The Birthday Party, released in October 1968. The press release for the single explained the song
1: Tells the tale of a roundabout man Because business is poor, he gets rather undernourished and transfers to the ghost train, where business is very good. Consequently, he becomes rather obese and is transferred back to the roundabout. No doubt there is a moral here somewhere, but the whole record is tuneful and amusing and with a rollicking tempo.
0: On the October 28, 1986 episode of City to City on BBC Radio, Jeff Lynne said...
1: That was a weird sort of thing. I look back on those and I think, oh... I cringe because it's so strange you know but then i think that was better because it was straight not caring what anybody else thought about it which is a good thing
0: in the december 1994 issue of face the music fanzine number 19 bev bevin said
1: jeff is pretty embarrassed by the other stuff but he needn't be i know there is some silly stuff on there like skeleton and the roundabout but it's just evolution, isn't it? It's how you start.
0: In the January 2013 issue of Goldmine, Jeff Lynne said, I also like Skeleton and the Roundabout, too.
1: I still like all those Idol Race songs, but I just find them so weird. Ha
0: ha. David Wells wrote in the liner notes for the August 2019 CD release of The Birthday Party,
1: Despite their corduroy, uh, sorry, cordial, relationship with Radio 1, the Idol Race couldn't buy a hit. Even the highly commercial vaudeville meets psych-pop skeleton and the roundabout didn't do the trick despite a fabulously comic lyric, a hugely contagious chorus, Jeff's endearing skellington, and even a woozy approximation of the theme tune to popular tea-time TV show The Magic Roundabout. No pastiche was intended, insists Pritchard. That's just the way the song evolved. We were trying to convey a fairground image.
0: Zebedee arrived at the
1: roundabout, where Florence was waiting with a camera. I'm Eric Paul Johnson
2: and I'm Eric Wincensen
1: and this is a song that is not made for America at all in any (laughs) way whatsoever. First of all, Roundabout. As an American, when I heard this when I was 17 years old, I thought Roundabout, it's some sort of traffic control street layout pavement kind of thing. Mm-hmm. and my guess was that there was this skeleton who owned a roundabout. Like, he paid to have it put in, and maybe he's collecting a toll or something, so he's telling people, hey, come ride my roundabout so I can make some money. I know that probably doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever, but... <laughs>
2: Either it's <that's> a <the> song.
1: <laughs> I just brushed it off as 1968, whether anybody's on acid or not, there's a lot of stuff from 1968 where it seems like somebody might be kissing the sky on the LSD or something. And Jeff Lynn's a creative guy. He can see what's going on around him and, and what kind of musical styles to take in the inspiration from and create his own version of. So maybe I just thought, well, the whole psychedelic thing is big right now where weird things happen in weird places in weird songs. So I think Jeff has just taken the psychedelic weird and putting his own spin on it. It wasn't until Sunday... March 19th, 2023 that I found out a roundabout is a merry-go-round. It's a carousel. Mm -hmm. And the song started to make a little bit more sense now to uh, come aboard and ride his roundabout. And it's a fairground. Now it's all making sense. This is the first Idle Ray song I'd ever heard. Friend saw the 1976 re-release of The Birthday Party and snapped it up. Here, here you go. So yeah, I was deep into ELO. She saw it I was really excited I put it on and this is the first song on the album and I thought this is great this is a fun catchy whimsical little tune it's bouncy I like the tune of it and something that kinda made my head spin was to think that this right here this same guy I thought it came out in 66 so I guess it came out in 68 but in 10 years time this guy doing his silly little skeleton and the roundabout song in 1966 is going to be making Telephone Line. And I think that was another part that left me agog about this song. Just, there's no sign whatsoever that this song is going to lead to Telephone Line or El Dorado or anything like that. So, yeah, I enjoyed the song. I've always enjoyed the song. I love it.
2: I am surprised at you.
1: What, that I'm wearing pants?
2: I thought you were going to rage against this song so hard. Really? Yeah, just because it's so clattery and <laughs> obviously British psychedelic and everything, I thought this was kind of beyond you. <laughs> kind of like watching a show where it's not all pretty lights. Star Wars
1: makes pretty lights, and and I like it when Star Wars makes pretty lights. <laughs> See, I don't know why you would think that, because just a few episodes ago, I went on about how I liked the British psychedelia over American psychedelic.
2: I know, but it's just one of those songs where they're not making any compromises.
1: And that's probably another selling point for me.
2: Even though they started off covering a move song, this Mm. sounds nothing like the move.
1: In a way. They did it first, yeah. then the move did it, but the move came out first.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the move threw in everything except the kitchen sink, but there was still always a very basic rock melody in there someplace. Mm-hmm. This is more musical, and I like it too. I mean, I listened to it the first time, and uh, it's okay. Listened to it a second time, oh, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. This is really good little simple cello inserts here and there, and... Mm-hmm. This was released as a single, so there is a mono version. But a lot of these songs, mono versions are better. This is one where you need the stereo version.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because
2: you, you have to have that panning at the beginning that sounds like a merry-go-round going back and forth. <laughs> and I was like you. I was When I first saw the title, The Skeleton and the Roundabout, I'm picturing some skeleton jogging through uh, <laughs> a roundabout <laughs> and irritating drivers. <laughs> That's
1: another interpretation, yeah. I mean, sure, it's not sonic superior sound on it, so that's kind of one problem with trying to decipher the lyrics in the days before you could just go on the internet and look up the lyrics. Mm -hmm. They're a little hard to hear. I mean, there's even one part where for the last however long it's been since 1986, I'd really rather not do the math right now. I thought he said sexcapades. But wait Like the only thing he has in his life are sexcapades. And that's not what he says. He says aches and pains. But wait a minute,
3: I'm soaked in that only
1: pains could be a chance for me. From hand-cranking the roundabout so much.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. It's also a kind of darkly funny song because it's about a guy who can't get anybody to ride on his roundabout and he's starving to death and then finally convinces people to ride on it. Mm -hmm. Ghosts, actually, I think. And... (laughs) Well,
1: this made me love the song even more when I looked up the lyrics a couple days ago. (laughs) Now that you know what the song is actually about, and it's not about traffic control, (laughs) I love the song even more. Because that's a great... Yeah,
2: poor guy gets fired.
1: Yeah, they really hit that fired in the song. It's not just singing la-la-la-la-la with the regular tune and. No, it's singing the song, and then, you're fired. And it's like the whole band joins in on that. <laughs> now that I know the actual story, guy runs a roundabout. It's not really a very popular ride, so he's not making a lot of money at the fair. So he just turns really scrawny, and he almost looks like a skeleton, and thinks, well, maybe if I try getting a job at the ghost ride. Then he's really bringing in the money, and he gets fat, and he doesn't look like a skeleton anymore. So the guy running the ghost train says... No, you're fired. Go back to the roundabout. So it's an endless (laughs) loop of, well, like a roundabout. Just keeps going around and around. Gets thin, (laughs) he joins the ghost train, he gets fat, back on the roundabout. Gets thin, goes back on the ghost train, and lather, rinse, repeat. And another thing that makes this song so British that nobody in America could understand is there are people that said, well, they kind of cribbed the theme from Magic Roundabout, which no idea whatsoever until I'm looking up the song facts and it turns out the Magic Roundabout is a stop-motion kiddie show over there in England and their theme song I listened to it yesterday March 23rd 2023 I listened to it yesterday and it's like yeah I can see how people in England only could see where you know that does sort of sound like the theme from the Magic Roundabout. I think quite possibly the only way this song could get any more British is if there was a verse sung by Queen Elizabeth with Patrick Troughton as the doctor for
2: 1968. <laughs> or if they mentioned scones and tea at some point. <laughs> yeah, that too. The song is actually quite entertaining, quite good, and I'm glad you like it. Yeah, Opening your mind up a little bit there. I, I
1: mean, I don't know. I, I always like the British psychedelia. I always like the kind of British musical sound of it. I suppose for 1986 me, yeah, it opened my mind a little bit to like you know, it's not smooth, it's not polished like say the ELO I'm used to, but it's catchy, it's fun, and uh, I enjoyed it very much.
2: And it was a single.
1: Yeah, it was.
2: It got some radio play. Didn't do anything on the charts. No, sadly no. Of course, by 1968, unfortunately, the sound was starting to get a bit played out at that point too. Whoa. Yeah. So I can understand probably about a year before they released this uh, might have been a minor chart thing in UK. A lot of the psychedelic bands were starting to kind of slip into the prog sound by 68. But I do like it.
1: And here's a little known fun fact. Jack Skellington got his name because Tim Burton liked the way Jeff Lynne said Skellington in this song.
2: I think you made that up, didn't you?
1: I, entirely. Yeah. <laughs> of course, who knows? I, maybe he did. I can see uh, the idle race falling into Tim Burton's ears. Could be. I suppose there's only one way to find out. Tim Burton
0: needs to leave a message on the voicemail. Got something to say about skeleton and the roundabout? Then call the telephone line voicemail.
3: Six two three eight five zero oh, three three seven five. Call
0: now. <laughs> there is <makes> none, I'm
4: than a skeleton
3: Well hello, this is Dr. Troy And here are my thoughts on the skeleton and the roundabout Well to begin, I love the title It's an interesting title As for the song itself I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. I'm kind of in the middle on this one. There are some things about it that I do like. I love the way it changes tempos quite a few times without hurting the structure of the song. It seems effortless almost, and yet I knew they probably put some effort into it when they were producing it. And the thing I love the most about the song is when it slows down, and you have just the keyboard and the vocal. That was really nice. I guess the bottom line for me is I wish they would have fleshed this song out a little more. I think that if they had done so, and if ELO had decided to stay with the format and sound of their first album, I think this song would have been a great cut for maybe not the first album, but if they had done another album in that vein. But overall, kind of meh, but some interesting things in it. Well, I'll talk to you next week.
4: Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-850 or email us at Podcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra Podcast channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELOPod or PayPal using the podcast podcast's email address or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932 Superior Arizona 85173. Next week, episode negative zero six seven. Knocking nails into my house.